This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We're your Hi, everyone. Hi. I'm Wahama. And I'm Chris. And welcome to Docky, sweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, but through our own lens, which can be a little peppery, a little salty, a little bitter. At the end of the day, hopefully mildly sweet. Mildly sweet. You guys, we're doing Sins of Our Mother, honey. We're doing Shana Babich. I know. It, well, listen, honey, it's like she's definitely not nice. So uh, definitely the son is the major character, and that's not as Kobe. So this is episode three of Sons of Our Mother, and it's called A Mother Knows. Mother Knows Best, honey. And, uh, a Mother Knows Where the Children's Bodies Are Buried. And she just won't tell, honey. She's Louisa's. All right. So we start off this episode of finding out that the police are starting to put a lot of things together including a very savvy detective don't know his name but i was happy to see him on my tv screen because he was quite handsome and he says that they uncovered 666 photos which is literally the sign of the devil Mm -hmm. of chad and Lori getting married on the island of Kauai 13 Mm -hmm. days after his wife has died so they exhumed that body honey Mm -hmm. they were like oh you're gonna get married 13 days after your wife of however many years, the mother of your five children has died? Died. Oh, we got to look into this shit. Mm -hmm. And so it turns out that in that photo, they (laughs) see an image of a malachite ring on his finger or her finger, one of them. And it happens to be a ring that someone purchased from Lori's dead husband's Amazon account. Mm -hmm. So even in postmortem, she is using this man and taking his money to purchase things for her new husband, the husband that's ushering in the end of the world. Yeah, she couldn't just like buy something without getting like prime shipping you know she wanted that prime shipping Mm -hmm. it was one day she's like i need that ring we're about to go to Kauai. i need it one day so they bring her ass from Kauai back to idaho and Mm -hmm. they put her in into prison and while she awaits trial and at her like hearing arraignment where they decide yeah where they whatever that is where they decide what her bail is going to be her son is there you know the grandparents of jj are there and Chad is there, but he's not in trouble because they ain't his kids, so he ain't the one that lost them. And so she comes in and the son is like, she has on makeup that it looks like she literally painted it on her face. And I said, you know what? She talked to Lindsay. She talked to all of the women who are in Love After Lockup who've been in prison, who make like prison makeup. She got some like pencil shavings for mascara. And um, she must have gotten some kind of like dye to stain her lips a certain color. She's a woman who cannot be seen without makeup. Yeah, prison makeup. Yeah, like Kool-Aid, you know, like mm-hmm. Kool-Aid for your lips, you mm-hmm. know. Like- and maybe it's a little blush. Yeah, Kool-Aid oh, for course, the blush. Yeah. 
Um, I you, wouldn't do, I wouldn't put anything around my eyes. I think I'd be too scared. No, I would be absolutely terrified. I'm sure you'd go blind, but they do it. That's what they use. They use like pencil shavings and spit and like they make an eyeliner out of it and mascara. Oh my God. Yeah. Like Le- Lindsay had some crazy ass makeup when she was in prison. So you can't even get wet wild? No. Oh God. It's, it's like contraband. You can't have it. Okay. I mean, I'd rather wet and wild over like some, you know, ramen. Something that's not supposed to be, you know, makeup. So she's in court and she comes in smiling because she knows she's done the Lord's work. She's she's being visited by the angel Morani. So she's in good spirits. And her son is beside himself. Like, how is this woman walking in this way? How come she didn't make eye contact with me? And then I see her turn around and look at Chad. And I'm like, who the F is that mother effer? How the fuck are you going to turn around and look at this man you barely know? Look at me. I'm your son. What? What the hell have you done? And to my siblings. Yeah. Where are they? So then she leaves the court, doesn't look at him. And he ends up giving Chad a death look. And he's like, yeah, I could tell Chad was scared. And I'm like, cowering. Chad is not cowering. Okay. He is the harbinger of of death. He's an author. Yeah. (laughs) He is an author. That's what the police, that's what they told the police. Do you know Chad Badel? Yeah, I know him. He's, an, he's author. an author, so he's he's written books. So put pen to paper, as they say. Yeah. So you should respect it. Put some respect on his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the basically the judge is like one million dollars because you're bananas crazy. Where the hell are your kids? Yeah. Yeah. So they then start to do like a really deep dive of an investigation to figure out where the F these kids are. Yeah. So the FBI gets involved, you know, it's like state to state shenanigans. They started to put all the deaths together. They want to know how this person died, how that person died. And then they do like pinging based on like text messages to see exactly where people were when they get a text message Mm -hmm. that was Chad sent to somebody where he's talking about how he found a raccoon and shot it and buried in his backyard. Yeah. I'm assuming I think it was to Lori. Like they did a really good job, like going between the texts to kind of understand like Alex's relationship with Lori and like Lori's relationship with Chad. And like Chad is just like, Weird thing happened on uh, early morning today. Came to face to face with a raccoon. Only took one shot and buried him in the pet cemetery. Yeah. And it turns out that this is, that's Tylee. That was the day after the last known Tylee situation happened, which is that they had gone to Yellowstone National Park together. And so it was like, for some reason, his weird way of telling Tylee's mom that he had killed her daughter. Because listen, this is what we're not explaining to you. Lori and Chad believe that there are people who have dark spirits in them. And at some point, the dark spirit kills or removes the soul of the person that was once there. And now they are zombies. They are people who are possessed by other entities and they named those other entity different names. So maybe they named Tylee Raccoon. We're, we don't know, but they definitely like no longer think of those people. They call them Z, like with the letter Z, like zombies. And so at this point, Chad has decided that JJ was a zombie and so was Tylee and they were no longer Lori's children. And Lori believed that. And so she allowed two of her children to be killed. And one of them was autistic. And they said that he like climbed up on the cabinets and 
and climbed up the wall. And that's why they knew he would have been taken. And what a family friend says that it broke their heart to hear that because it easily, he could have been just repeating words and statements over and over again, because that's what he did as part of his tick. And so like it, it is just such a, just such a super sad situation of a woman who like basically loses it has lost it years before when her her oldest son was eight years old. And it's just like a culmination of holier than thou behavior. And now my children aren't even my children. So I'm justified in, in hurting them and not taking care of them. And when Colby tries to call his mother in prison and talk to her, she's like, well, what do you think I've done? Your, your, your kid, my, your siblings are fine. I didn't do anything. I've, I've protected my children all of my life. They're safe right now. They're safe. And happy. They're much safer and happier than they were before. Believe me. Yeah. I mean, she's just like, she's gone. Yeah. Like, so basically Lori's family is top to bottom, just like mess, mess, messy. So obviously after Lori gets, you know, uh, a $1 million bail and Chad does not have to be put up for trial yet, but they want to exhume his, you know, ex-wife Tammy to see what the fuck's up. And when they exhume Tammy, um, Alex somehow dies or whatever, for whatever reason, we're like, are we exhuming him and finding out too, you know, like whether that's happening or so interesting, but then Janice and then Summer go on TV. So Summer is Lori's younger sister and Janice is Lori and Summer's mom. And they go on TV and they just blanket defend Lori. They're like, oh no, she's an amazing mom. No, she's the best. Like what she didn't, she couldn't do anything like this. Like she couldn't do anything bad. Like, so there's a reason why this is happening and we're going to find out, but you know, like our family's great. Yeah. I mean, just wildly in denial. Yeah. And yeah. And like Colby, like, it's just like that. That's insane. That's so crazy. I mean, and then he says that he doesn't understand why his grand, he didn't understand why his grandmother was doing it in the moment, but he, in hindsight felt like she was doing it because she just fiercely defends whatever she loves. And I'm like, no, your grandmother is like a complete denier. And she's the reason why her daughter and her son are weird. Basically. She didn't protect them. Yeah. Basically, the police have uh, access to the texts and then uh, because of the warrants and that they got to like unleash. And so they got the Chad Daybell text about the raccoon. So they knew that something could have been like weird that happened on the property. So then they get a property warrant for the ranch. And when they go to the ranch, they do an extensive check of the outside property. And Chad at that time is texting Lori like, well, they're at my ranch. They're outside. They're calling calls. He calls her. She's in prison. Yeah. They're just, they're outside. They're looking outside. So that's where they are. I would say she's like, okay, okay. But how are you? And he's like, I'm okay. I'm a, we'll find out. Yeah. But I love you. It's so awkward. So guess what they find, which is human remains and JJ's and Tylee's, you know, like bothy, both, both, both. Just like babies and bones and bones and babies. Just like, and definitely for JJ, he's in this like red pajama and they had a picture of him the night before. So like they, they knew that that was it. And then Tylee, of course, too. I think Tylee was killed first and then JJ later. So I'm not quite sure. If that's I think that it was JJ first and then Tylee or they got separated because remember at some point they fake put, or Alex, a family friend something Warwick, Dave Warwick okay. ended up seeing JJ in red pajamas 
and Alex had brought him in and it looks like he was asleep and he was like laying on his uncle, his uncle had brought him in and brought him to sleep. The theory is, is that he actually was dead at that time. And so it is just like, who knows what these adults did to these children, these adults who, and the, here, here's the truth. I honestly think that Chad is not, is he's crazy, right? But like, I think he's just like a narcissist power control person. I think that Lori has actually got some mental health issues. And I think that she doesn't truly understand what happened. I think that Chad 100% knows that he kills, he killed those children. I think Lori is like, no, he didn't kill children. Children are already gone. Like, I think that she's in a far mental space. I mean, I think they, I think they're both cuckoo together and like, just like serial killers that like have the same belief patterns. But even like the weird thing is I see what you're saying in that it's specifically, it's one thing. It's specifically his belief pattern, which he, for some reason has the ultimate line to God and why he's going to be like part of the people that's like, just is, you know, calls the shots for the one, four, four, zero, zero, zero. But at the same time, that whole concept is like somewhat, as we said available to many different sects of Mormonism. Like, mm-hmm. it's not so crazy. Like, there are other authors that were just also writers that were like, it's not the same, but it was basically the exact same as she was. It was like, well, God's still in charge. And at some point, Chad was like, Chad's in charge. Yeah, yeah. God meeting Chad, Chad Daybell. Chad yeah. Daybell is such like a crazy name. It mm-hmm. sounds very much like, well, have you met Chad? Chad Daybell, Chad Daybell, Chad Daybell. You know, it's like such a kind of name. And he looks crazy all the time. But she, he just like, listen, the minute that he met Lori, he was into it. Like their text from them when they first met, it was like sexually charged. Like they just had that kind of meeting where it was like, God put me, you in front of me and we've known each other before. And she was like, blink, blink. Yes, he has, honey. And like, we're going to bone so good tonight for the rest of our celestial lives together. Like they just feel like some crazy soul mate psychotic you know just sociopathic connection one of those yeah i really wish that i could listen to feel the fire because anybody who would create a podcast a religious podcast where like the main i tried to find it we couldn't find it the main theme is like purgatory or the main thing theme is like living fire like the fire of the lord like i don't understand why people want their god or their religion to be hurtful also their personalities and the way they talk during the podcast would only be described as something akin to this yeah it's because they have the light of the lord in them and so why would they ever have to modulate the way they sound because they want you to feel comfortable and they want you to know that they're in control and that they're happy and so when they smile you're going to hear it in their voices it's real So, I mean, like, it's, yeah, it's very confusing top to bottom. You know, I I don't know why the podcast isn't up making millions. I'm just kidding. It's horrible. Uh, (laughs) Feel the fire. I wonder what's going to happen with that. Feel the limit. (laughs) Honey, with a chalupa, for sure. Give me that packet and I'll put on my chalupa. Yeah, I wonder what the podcast host is doing. Like, everyone who was kind of around for Lori going crazy and being like, we saw the signs. We just kind of like didn't think there were signs as much as they were just like things that happened. You know, like, do they all believe this still? Like, were they all like, oh yeah, Chad was crazy and, you know, like, like even Julie, like, so Julie, like, 622 came and went like you still have you hanging your hat on this being like the end of days? I didn't say it was going to be in the days. I'm just an author who was published, publicized, published by him. So I don't like, no, I'm a different, I'm a different thing. 
Um, I just really, I want to know about the rest of the cult. There are people who used to come in here, Chad speak. So like, where's the rest of the fandom? Like, what do they think? Where are they right now? Like, who are they? What's their name? We never got the name of them. What is their name? The, the, the Daybells? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They should call the Daybells. Yeah. Like that's like, if Chad goes to prison, that should absolutely, it will be his like fan group. So basically the way this episode ends, and we'll talk some more about like what we know uh, for after is that. Kobe calls his mother, like we was said, and like, you know, they have this very terse phone call where he's trying to like, be like, mom, I miss my siblings. I miss my dad. And she's like, I miss them too. Yeah, of course they're great. No, who did, I never said they were in grade. And he's like, why are they dead, mom? Why is anything, anything? Yeah. Why is the sky blue, honey? Why? You asking me? I don't know. You know, it's just like, that is life. But I haven't done anything Hey, Sarah, wrong. Sarah. Whatever mm, will be, will be. Will bloody be. Yeah. Know? So he's just like, he'll never get like a square answer from her. And Chad and Lori have to stay on trial. Now, this is what happens. Lori is bananas. And so at first she's going and has to get like a hold, like a mental hold to see if she's even capable, if she's even culpable. And that happened. And then by the end of the docu-sweeties, sorry, docu-series, we're docu-sweeties, <laughs> they say that she is and that that is going to happen. However, since that has happened, it's now been brought into question if in fact she is because she seems absolutely bananas. This woman has been found in like just singing at night in her cell and she, you know, like they're like, well, maybe she's not right. But the reason she's not right is because she allowed her children to be killed. So even if at some point that she thought that it was completely needed to happen, there's still a part of her that knows that what happened was wrong, even if it felt right. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that you can truly come back from that when you are have a life of abuse and you don't acknowledge it and you just really want strict scripture to help you through everything mm-hmm. i it just feels so bad for like jj's parents you know like everyone involved like you know basically colby who has been a very active member of this docuseries he ends you know having sort of like a Kauai memorial where he like, you know, says that cultural appropriates and puts lays in the water to celebrate his father and his two siblings. They all loved Kauai so much. Listen, I'll be honest, this part, and I feel bad for Kobe. I really do. I could have used like this part to be like five minutes less. And even if it made that negative, that'd be fine. Kobe and his wife, um, what we last hear an update, which I haven't done quite enough research, but supposedly they're having some marital issues themselves are no longer mm-hmm. together. So yeah. I, I'm sorry to hear that, but it definitely seems like I I could understand anyone involved needing yeah. like years and years of therapy. Yeah. You know, like he's like a surviving member of what looks like a very effed up family. Yeah. And he's even, as, even, even his own grandmother offers him absolutely no comfort. Yeah. And he he's, was abused as a child. So he's yeah. got his own trauma to to go through at that point too. And he blames himself because he feels like he doesn't say that that is the time that he thinks probably affected his mother, but he says that he felt that she was not mad at him, but just kind of like, I think glazed over a little bit. Like there was a little bit of like, she trusted him and she knew what happened, but like her reaction to it was probably traumatic for her as a possible bit victim of sexual abuse herself. 
I wonder if he internalizes any in, in the guilt, which he should not, but internalize any guilt for her having told his mother the thing that he was molested that feels like it just was too much for her to mentally bear and she like lost it you know like because he does breathe at the fact that he was the person that said that and then it does feel like later on she says in her podcast that she gave her life over to religion so that she wouldn't kill yeah so you know there's so much to unpack there for years and i just can't even imagine the trauma and you know horror of being involved in any sort of situation like that I take this to, to mean that you truly don't know what people are going through. And I mean, I'm not saying that I'm somebody that you should come to if you're having a problem, but I'm saying that like, you just don't know. And I wish that there were more people to help those in need. I wish that there were services that were more readily available for those in need. Cause there are a lot of people in need, you know? Yeah. I love, I just love you being like, I'm not saying I'm the person you should come to. In fact, I would say, don't come to me. I have like a lot yeah, of, yeah, don't I'm, I'm busy. Yeah. And there's just like other numbers, you yeah, know, God bless. I just can't. I, yeah, I don't, I can't even open up emails. Yeah. Like I, I, don't, I don't, I want to get back to text. With people I don't I like it. I don't know? like it. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't need to know your personal business. I don't, I'm not the person to hear it. I'm not a victim of, of abuse in that manner. And like, I, I, I'm not the person people think that I'm the person and I'm, I'm not, I'm not the person. I'm not a professional. I don't know how to handle that information. I'm too much of an empath so I can sit with you for it, but then I have to like go about my day. It's going to stick with me for a very long time, which I get like, I don't mind to take on your trauma, but at the same time I have things to do. So it's just like, it's got to make sure that it's like on my schedule, you know? Yeah. And I just wish that there was more services. I wish that the United States or States in general provided therapy free to a certain extent or provided some services to a certain extent to help those who truly need it. I'm going to tell you this right now. I think any streaming service who has documentaries or docu-series about people that have any sort of mental health should pay a little bit of tax to like some sort of like foundation that like will give back to the community because as we sit here and watch all these people and you know from house of hammer to teal swan to this to man you know most hated man on the internet like there's just so many docuseries and documentaries about con men or uh people that do cults or whatnot and so it'd be great if there really was something that we could give back besides snarky commentary and this is the sweet part of our docu sweeties no shut up what if we could raise money for mental health and shut up wah no listen i'm saying shut up because if you're on patreon you can see that she's shaking her head but if you are on the podcast you can't hear that you're, i just look crazy but she's shaking her head violently at me I'm just scratching her it. nose no we have to give some money back wah no, we do not. Well, we not us personally. We, we don't make enough money, but we yeah. need to like be a part of the solution, not the pro- part of the problem. We're not a part of the problem. We can be not a part of the solution and also not a part of the problem and just kind of like. Can you really be at, like, if you are not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. I mean, that sounds like a cult leader slogan. Well. If you're not with me, you're against me. Listen. That's not true. Docky Sweeties is a cult. Wow. Okay. And I'm the HR. So it's going to make it seem palatable. Oh, yeah. Don't but really, it's still cold. Uh, Am I the leader? No. Oh, are you the leader? You're the spirit. What are you? You're the, like, what? secretary of, like, like State? relaxation or whatever. Didn't we just decide that that's what you are? Oh, I, but who's going to be the head? I mean, if anything, me. 
<laughs> what? Wow. What are you? You're like the you're like the guru of like relaxation. HR? Didn't I call you that? Didn't we name that's what you were? You're yeah, like but the... you were the HR. We never talked about who's actually the CEO. <sighs> okay, it's me. Ooh, I did not know that. You know, didn't know it. Uh, okay, well, we really got through that episode a little quick, but you know, sometimes the docu series are not as long as other things. That yeah, we do. the last episode really was just a wrap up of everything. Yeah, there wasn't that much content in it. It was just kind of a regurgitation of everything we already knew. Yeah, do you want me to, like? I mean, we can't talk that long about that Kawhi memorial scene. I don't know what to tell you about it. Like, I mean, they're you know, not they're, upset. They're not upset. Yeah, they're no, fine. I'm not. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> they're fine. Listen, be a snort little snort little snippet. Snort, snort little snippet. Snort a short. What is little... she thinking of doing? No, mm-hmm. a short little snippet. But I want you to have a great day. Not thinking about murder and horror and abuse and um, crazy religions. We want you to think of happy things: puppies, rainbows, strudels. Ooh. Raindrops on roses? Yeah. Okay. Kama Sutra. Mm. You guys, listen to our podcast. Give us five stars if you think we're great, because we are, so you should. And uh, listen to our Love After Lockup and 90 Day Fiance and all the things that we've got going on. You know, do what you got to do. If you want to come and talk to us or if you want to join our Patreon, you can do so on patreon.com slash docusweeties. And for our social medias... That could be found at DocuSweeties on Instagram, DocuSweeties1 on Twitter and TikTok. We love you guys so much. If you haven't yet, episode one of this docuseries special, Sons of Our Mother, had Kate Casey, which was a really great, fun episode. And she really gave us her deep dive because she interviewed the director of this docuseries and the forensic psychiatrist that was involved in it. So that's a nice, long, juicy episode. Make sure you listen to that one too. And that's episode 535 on her podcast called reality life with kate Kate casey all right my loves have a good one and we'll talk to you later okay base bye bye